Alright, welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I am your host, Cardinellis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey, everybody. And today we're actually going to talk about Andrew Yang's first CNN appearance. He did the post-debate analysis. Well, as a uh, official uh, analysis. Yeah, you're right. Analyst. As an official talking head in the media now, instead of a talking head uh, candidate on the debate stage, um, I actually thought it was pretty good. And uh, it's gotten mixed reviews, but I think generally it's positive. Also, um, I think he had some really insightful things to say about what these candidates are staring down the barrel of, especially in terms of fundraising, as we get closer to what he called the wall of Super Tuesday. So anyway, Cody, boom, tell us what's going on, my man. Um, yeah, well, as you mentioned, last night after the debate, there was a classic, I counted it, there were seven. It wasn't quite nine people, but there was a seven-person panel, and Andrew Yang was on it, and they were discussing after the debate. Uh, there's people like CNN's Van Jones, CNN's Chris Cuomo, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I always get the uh, the Cuomo's mixed up. Anyway, um, and it was really fun. It was really insightful. And a lot of people I saw before he appeared last night when it was announced yesterday that he would be uh, appearing on CNN as an analyst were not very happy to see it. And a lot of people I saw were, like people like myself, I was pretty... I don't know if ambivalence the word. I thought, you know, yeah. it could be pretty good. We'll see. I don't know if I would love to see Andrew Yang have his hour-long slot on CNN for the next five years. Like, that wouldn't make me happy, but right now it is. But this was something I had been kind of talking about, which is there's a lot of people I thought who would look at Andrew Yang as a CNN talking head and say, that man looks like a presidential candidate way more and he was on the debate stage. Yeah. Kind of, but this is what yeah. I thought was cool. Is check this out. There's the, Obviously, I could pick a lot of different stuff off Twitter, but I thought these were a couple... People that I don't know them too well personally, but I believe have kind of conflicting personal views who okay. had the same conclusion. So this first individual okay. is John Pence, and he said the winner of tonight's Dem debate was CNN's Andrew Yang. Now, John Pence uh, is listed as the senior advisor for Real Donald Trump's 2020 presidential campaign, and I believe probably uh, related to the Mike Pence in some way. Maybe he isn't. I'll do a little more look into that. I just would think, wow, what a coincidence otherwise. Anyway, what's really interesting about this is you'll take a look at another individual who is a um, just kind of your average, more left-wing, it seems like, journalist, Hamza Shaban. I think I did a cursory glance, please let me know if I'm wrong, who came away, though, with the same conclusion, that every list of winners of tonight's debate needs to include Andrew Yang, who's now a CNN contributor, and I've been watching him crack himself up on a seven-person panel, and nobody interrupts him, and he has insightful things to say. Again, it's almost like, wow, this thing is awesome, which we've seen a lot since he dropped out, but... He really did, I think, have a good night last night in the debate stage, on the debate yeah. stage, on the debate panel, to the point where people with pretty varying political they views shut came up to the listen. same conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, it was really interesting to see the body language and the uh, attitude of the people on the panel drastically shifting. But hold on, one more thing I want to show you. Uh huh. Now, there's a lot of people I know, and one thing I will say is kind of interesting too. Uh, I don't, I don't know how many tweets pulled up, but I can say I've definitely seen a lot of this. There's a lot of people who were. Upset to see NJ and go to CNN because they're like, oh, it's like a sellout shill network. And then there's people that are upset to see Andrew Yang go to CNN because they're like, oh, how you, how could you go to the CNN after that? The media treated you. It's like very different reasons. Yeah. But tell me, I have to admit, reading this was the weirdest thing to me. This is a tweet from Cuomo Primetime's verified Twitter account. It says, quote, I don't think he was coached hard enough. CNN commentator Andrew Yang says Michael Bloomberg. Just so weird to read like that. CNN yeah. commentator Andrew Yang. Uh, I think we have another, chat, he, another tweet here from Van Jones. Same thing, uh, Bloomberg's campaign. It, it's like, here he is. He's official, man. He is now a part of the democratic kind of not democratic the media establishment class for yeah. better or for worse i mean he is there and they loved him i mean i could show you more tweets if i uh, i'll see if i haven't pulled up look at Blowing how they're quietly they're just sitting there and listening and smiling 
instead of like licking their chops trying to look like they're smart. And the reason why there's a very interesting moment. Well, wanna, here. Listen, wanna listen to this clip? I think it's a good way. It's sure, a as long as they don't copyright strike. Yeah, it's a Forty yeah. second clip. Check this okay. out. And I think this is part of the reason why a lot of people are wondering why is Andrew going on CNN? CNN wanted somebody who was able to do this. Somebody who was on that in the race who could tell them insight like this. So check yeah. this out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if many of the candidates on the stage tonight were losing staff to Bloomberg because he's offering 150 to 200 percent of what the market rate is essentially at every level. So it's not just the, it's not just the he's not just the advertising. I think people think about him. The oh, they're talking about yeah, he's buying up all the ads. He's buying up all the talent in the Democratic Party. Yep. Um, I've heard that that's actually causing some problems. People trying to run for state senate yes. and stuff like that. It's they really can't hurting actually. Down ballot yeah, candidates yeah, can't even. I've heard. But they have to want to work for him, right? Or is the money enough where they're just going to work for him just so that they get through the cycle? If you're a political operative, I mean, you work for a lot of candidates. Yeah. That's fine. If you're a political operative, you work for a lot of candidates. Yeah, I mean, you're a mercenary. They don't. I mean, I think. I don't want to get too much into philosophy here of this, of this particular job, but it's like, dude, you hire these people because they know the rules. They've been there. They have experience in it before. Not because they believe in your campaign. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I don't hire a lawyer necessarily because he believes I'm innocent or he believes they're guilty. It's because I think he can do his job well because he's yeah. done cases before. It's the same idea there. It's kind of, it's one of those weird moments where that happens, right? Where you're just kind of like, I get it. You probably might not even necessarily want me to like, like, you know, like be president, but you do want the campaign you worked on to win. So that's why you'll you'll work for me, I guess. But uh, I just think yeah. it was really cool. He was able to drop in some insight like that. I mean, he's literally able to say, I know, I can say firsthand source, my staff has been poached by Michael Bloomberg. Like, he can bring that to the thing. I thought that was really cool to see. Also, uh, there's a Mediaite article here because he dropped another little tidbit of information, which this was something that has been floating around for a while. Kind of thing that was like in one article here or there. It obviously people, it wasn't what CNN was talking about until Andrew Yang got in the debate stage. But this is really interesting. So um, they mentioned there, newly minted CNN contributor Andrew Yang. Again, isn't that just so yeah. I, Newly I minted. I, it's still, I don't know if I bristle to read it, but I still just, CNN contributor Andrew Yang. Man, it just feels, it was, it was wow. what? The far distant past of three weeks ago, he was presidential yeah. candidate, Andrew Yang. Anyway, uh, he claims that Bloomberg is actively asking major Dem donors to sit out primary. Let's go to the quote here. He says, uh, quote, people don't have any money. You're shaking your head. You know, oh, no, sorry. That was Gloria Borger pointed out. And then Yang said, um, that's a great question. Uh, could Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg have a breakout night that leads to tens of millions of dollars? He then dropped a bombshell explaining that major Democratic donors are frankly getting phone calls from Mike Bloomberg right now saying, sit this one out. I got this. He goes on to mention, if you're a donor, it's a pretty appealing pitch to not donate. And uh, it's funny. Dana Bash actually says, excuse me, can you say that again? And he explains, yeah, yeah Michael Bloomberg is calling people and saying, I'll fund the entire election. Don't donate to anyone, which uh, is... Michael Bloomberg, man. I mean, we can do another video talk more about him and his debate performance, but what a guy. What a what a pitch. Because think about it. He, he, he isn't saying, hey, don't donate to my competition. He's saying don't donate to anyone, don't, but he's not accepting donations anyway. So he really is just saying don't donate to my competition. Pretty funny stuff, but I thought that was cool. That was kind of a couple of the cool things. That was a couple of the pros. However, again, we do want I do want to bring up that I've seen a lot of people say that this. I saw a lot of people who were like, "Look, Andrew Yang uh, suspending his campaign. Andrew Yang doing this, that, and that. This was too far." A lot of people said this was the end. Andrew Yang appearing on CNN. Like, there's some people who don't read this and kind of say, "Eh, I don't like it," but I get over it. There's some people who say Andrew newly minted CNN contributor Andrew. Are you kidding me? And uh, like I said, I don't feel that way as much, but I do think it's 
it's worth bringing up. Not everybody in the, I don't want to say in the Yang gang, but just not everybody who had previously supported Andrew Yang for whatever reason was really happy to see this move. Yeah, it, it. I mean, there's nobody that hates the media more than me. Actually, there probably are, but there's very few people that hate the media more than me. But you can't look at, the media is the fourth branch of government. And we need a good media. So as much as, yeah, I hate that it's the corporate media and so on and so forth, I'm hoping that just more honorable men like Andrew Yang start participating in the media so we stop getting these just activist actors where, you know, their job is propagandizing instead of just saying what it is. So... I mean, I like that Andrew Yang is there because now I have some hope that some of these CNN panels won't be just complete and total sellouts. They'll only be out of 10 sellouts. And then if we can get another Andrew Yang-like character, and then maybe another one, then maybe CNN will go back to being a reputable source of news. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I want evolution over revolution. And um, hopefully he helps CNN evolve, evolve into a, a, a more respectable news outlet. So, um, well, I mean, I, I don't like, I don't necessarily, I mean, some people are hating the fact that he just joined the corporate. That's media. what I mean. I mean, like I said, well, I you don't know? necessarily feel the way all the way I do kind of, I see where they're coming because there is a sense of like Andrew Yang was the candidate kind of fighting against the media, trying to point out, look, he wasn't, I mean, I will say, you know, there definitely was a sense. He definitely wasn't Tulsi Gabbard in his, in his approach or Tulsi. Tulsi is a, I guess, also a unique individual. Very few people have the, uh, the, the character to just be like, I don't care. Despite despite Hillary Clinton and resign as vice chair of DNC, interesting move. Anyway, the my, my larger point is, I do see a little bit of like a wow, you're just going to CNN now, like you're just in the media. I yeah. do think it does give him a, it gives him a platform to give his real thoughts and opinions closer to on other camp on other campaigns without coming across as sour grapes. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, yeah. I'm paid to be an analyst. I'm just ex- I'm just explaining why I don't think Elizabeth Warren will have well, enough money to th- keep going. And it doesn't seem like he's being kind of like petty or taking snipes. I don't think he is. He's like literally just giving his analysis because he's being paid and asked to do so. I think it's kind of cool for him, but I wanted to just kind of bring up one more. Also, again, just to highlight the kind of people who like seeing Andrew Yang last night again, and that was, uh, we have a little video here from The Breakfast Club. You know, Charlamagne the God and the crew saying, shout out to Andrew Yang for joining CNN as a political commentator. So there is a lot of people talking about it. I just thought it was funny. I, I, there was a big trend last night of people. Last night was the first time, oh my God, in years. I've just sat down and watched CNN for a couple hours, like through commercial breaks and everything. Because I wanted to see Andrew Yang. I thought he was great. I thought he actually really brought he brought that same character and charisma I've always been very interested in to yeah. television. That was really cool. I mean, I as much as I because I think I'd like to see him do more, as much as I wouldn't be happy to see him get an hour long time slot. Yeah, it's CNN, like what's I would also probably watch you know what I mean? Like I wanna see uh, him do more than that. But because I like Andrew Yang, the person, a lot, I would probably watch his 90-minute show or, you know, I give him a full three hours, right? I don't care. I would probably watch it. You think he could carry a 90-minute show? Uh, Yeah. With, with, depending you think on, so? With, he might have to early on fall back on the, the nine-person panel and you just sit at the top and you're the head of the snake. But I think over time he could, maybe not like full-on like Matt O'Carlson, like those kind of types where you just sit there and stare down you the main camera. But I think you have to I be too much of a BSer to be able to carry a 90-minute show. Also, 90 minutes is... I mean, to carry a 90-minute show, you have to be full of crap. But like, no, let's be honest. And or, he's not or, full of crap enough. CNN's got to... That is out of love and no, respect for Andrew Yang ever that watched, I think. Ever watched the CNN shows? 
Um, They'll bring on four people, have them sit there for forty-five minutes and talk with. Like, you don't have to do much on these shows. That's that's honestly. Yeah, I was about to say it really depends on. That's one of my main on... gripes with these shows is when you bring five people on and make them fight for airtime when you have what nine minutes till the next commercial break. People just say dumb things to interject. It's kind of like the person in the game shows they hit their buzzer too fast. I just yeah. I got buzzer down. What's the answer? Uh, asparagus. You know, it's like they don't know. They're just like, I need to get in, and then once you get in, like, yeah. okay. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a difference between like a Tucker Carlson program or a Rachel Maddow program that's carried by a very strong personality for the first solid thirty minutes before they go to maybe one or two interviews. Versus some of these shows, you made a great uh, comment in our 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 pre-show yesterday. Do you think that that's the end of cable news? is just the excessive amount of guests and the soundbiting nature of everything. And, and, and that's probably why Tucker Carlson's the number one program on his channel and why Rachel Maddow is the, the, the number one program on her channel because you, you have these personalities that people can focus in on and hone in on without this cacophony of idiots all trying to make one soundbite when none of us know them. We don't know who they are. So, um, it's yeah. a bunch of people that are just desperate to get on TV yeah. for 90 seconds. So somebody could take a phone picture of their television screen of them being on whatever. And that could be their Twitter avatar for the next 40 years. It'll be, yeah. it'll be like a dating <laughs> profile. It's like, what network even is that? Like, oh yeah, that was MSNBC 15 years ago. It's just, I was on once and I got to say something weird and yeah. I will always remember yeah, that I'd have, but and not to get too much into ragging on that kind of thing. I do. I just think it's kind of part of the problem of having 24-hour news. You don't have talent to do everything. Again, though, the cool thing is Andrew isn't being asked to do something like that. They're bringing him in, asking him to speak a little bit here and there as a commentator, and I think it's a pretty nice... Because I was trying to think, what else should Andrew Yang do for the next... I, I do think it signals a little bit to me that maybe there's no immediate VP thing in the works. Oh, yeah. Because if there was... He wouldn't have said yes to this if there were. Why would, yeah, why would you yeah. need to boost your public image if you're about to get tabbed as a VP? I, I don't think anything imminent. Maybe there's a few people that expressed interest in the cabinet, but it definitely looks like he's a guy that through the remainder of the election cycle pretty much has some time to spare. And I, I'm trying to think, what else would he do? I mean, I guess he can go on the campaign trail for some uh, pro-UBI... Um, you know, down like us, uh, probably House people, congressional seats, and try to get a little coalition going to run. But I'm trying, like, realistically, what else is their franchise to be doing over the next few months aside from chilling and saying nothing or chilling and giving his pay on CNN? I don't really see what the other lane is. Do you? Uh, no. I, I, I think, well, we see what other lanes there are, what other options there are, but I don't think they're necessarily as good. You know what I'm saying? Or provide as much visibility. And whether we like it or not, we have a celebrity culture now. Okay, and so you need to be able to maintain that status of celebrity if you're going to get back in the game. Um, fortunately, he's a rational celebrity. And uh, I think oftentimes we associate the word celebrity with insanity, but no, there's plenty of celebrity. The Dalai Lama is a celebrity, and he's not perceived as insane or irrational, except for by progressives who've already started writing hit pieces on him, which is really funny. A hit piece on the Dalai Lama is really funny. <laughs> you know, so anyway... Um, I do have one thing to point out, though, Cody. I sent you um, an article, but my favorite, my favorite part of the Andrew Yang CNN post debate analysis was when he started talking about how they're all saying, "Oh, I think he won. I think so and so won." He's like, "Well, no. The only person that really wins is the person that fundraises off this, because you have to realize we're all staring down the barrel of Super Tuesday, 
And the only people that have money to compete in these really insanely expensive media markets like California and New York and Chicago and so on and so forth um, are pretty much Bloomberg because he's got endless amounts of money and Bernie Sanders because he's raised literally tons and tons and tons of money. But you need 10 to 20 million dollars to throw into this like in a day. And I don't see anybody on this debate stage that's walking out of here. With an extra $10 million. Yeah, sure. So-and-so picked up a million during the debate. She might pick up a million after the debate. Well, I mean, it's worth but, noting, like you said in this article, Michael Bloomberg has spent $124 yeah. million. Hold on. In these 14 Super Tuesday states, Super Tuesday, the actual vote is in March 3rd. It's like it's he's been spending this for months. Most people have been running very modest ad buys in Super Tuesday because they're running ads in New Hampshire. Yeah. Before that, Iowa. Now but they're running them in Nevada. Now they're running them in South Carolina. He hasn't. He's in a one spot. So how much money would you say Andrew Yang had finally raised his entire campaign? He had that really one, he had that really good uh, Q2, which was like five million or something. Then he ended up with 10. How much does Bernie have? Like 30? No, Bernie, Bernie's got, uh, Bernie would be the, I think the only candidate running right now on the Democratic side who could just raise enough money to not raise more money than uh, Michael Bloomberg is spending, but yeah. I do think Bernie does have the base where he could raise enough to to so, tread well, water well, the point, a bit. The, the point is, fight him off how many ads. million has Bernie Sanders already raised in the 2020 cycle? It's not. It's not. I can tell you this much: he has not raised and spent north of 300 million dollars like Michael Bloomberg has. Yeah, I do, yeah. I, do I mean, not think that's the case. I was about to say 124 million dollars is larger than. Three or four of the candidates' entire campaigns combined on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar together couldn't put 124 million dollars uh, in, in one bank account, and that's already what Michael Bloomberg has just spent in ads. Okay, we're not talking personnel. We're not talking door knockers. We're not talking print media. We're not talking. Well, how about this? Uh, to put it in perspective. Okay. All of quarter four, the number one raising Democrat was Bernie Sanders. He raised $34.5 million in quarter four, which, like I said, that's, it's the most funny Democrat running before Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg has spent so in a five year, times that or four yeah, times I, that in a few months running ads in 13 states. So the money is, and I guess, I guess we were going to do this, let's just do this a longer thing. I think we were going to do a discussion on something, but I want to talk about this right now. Okay. We've been talking a lot over, and I, again, I still think the Nevada caucus coming up in a few days is going to be a train wreck and it to be a disaster. It's going to yeah. be bad. Um, but we were talking, why Why does Iowa vote so early? Why does New Hampshire, why are these states voting mm -hmm. so much for everyone else? And I think this is actually a really interesting point. It's because you could raise $34 million in quarter four, and that could help propel you into field offices in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, you know, staff in those states, uh, running TV buys in those states, buying internal polling in those states. They're not the biggest states. Iowa large geographically, but not super populous, right? You can handle it. I mean, yeah. how many field offices do you have to have to be comfortable in New Hampshire? If like 12, 15, you're probably like, wow, you're yeah. not a very big state. The problem with people talking about having like a Super Tuesday thing moved up sooner you need $150 million to run TV buys in just these Super Tuesday. Like if we just started off as, okay, guys, primary opens. We're voting with 35 states today. Yeah. Only Michael Bloomberg can run. Like You could be Bernie Sanders, raise $35 million in a quarter and have enough money to campaign in like a fourth of the states that are voting that day. Like I, I think they're really—I think Michael Bloomberg's making a great case for why the early states matter, and you notice how he skipped them. The early states are there— to help candidates generate fundraising and income and exposure. When you just have the money, you could just skip them. And I think 
it, it is interesting. A few months ago, I would have said, yeah, why do we need to have Iowa and New Hampshire vote so soon? This is dumb. Today, looking at things, oh, my God, I actually, I really want to keep those more four affordable, early huh? states. <laughs> well, they make more sense. I really do. Michael Bloomberg is showing why they make sense. Do, do you get that? Uh, well, I don't want to say why they make sense, but why they may not be complete and total failures. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there is a good side to some things, okay? Um, and it looks like the affordability of running in these states um, in comparison to how much media attention you get makes it so that potentially a smaller candidate can gain enough headlines in order to boost his campaign. Okay, th that is a, uh, a fringe benefit, okay? But I don't think it necessarily out benefits a lot of the cons of having Iowa and New Hampshire basically control the political conversation for the first six to eight months of any kind of political season. I, I, I don't think the, the pros outweigh the cons. Well, it could maybe be better structured, but I just the idea of having smaller, less densely populated states that have a better chance of actually, um, you can actually campaign in. Yeah. Dude, how many, how many campaign offices do you think you need in California to feel like you got a oh, grip? Dude, California is its own motherfucking country. That's what I mean. How many field offices like, would you feel comfortable with having? Right? Like, you see what I mean? I could think of 50. That's what I, I mean. I could think of 50 cities that all have a 20-mile radius. We need to start off with states that, that you, yeah. you can actually feasibly run a campaign in. Because we've showed this graph a million times. One of my favorite. The gold bar there is the amount of money or the amount of people, the amount of Michael Bloomberg ads that are airing on television. And, I mean, it's just, it's... It's gotten more and more ridiculous this has worn on, but it's just, it's insane. What do you do? By the way, this is the scary thing for Michael Bloomberg as well. It's the reason why, uh, even though he had a, and I think, you know what, let's, let's do both these things right now. So, one, the interesting thing is, as we've highlighted, a lot of the, the those a lot of those ads that are running in these spots are running in Super Tuesday states. They're running in states that haven't voted yet. They're running in states where he's going to be on the ballot. He hasn't been on ballots yet. So there is hard to gauge his actual support because yeah. all of his money has been invested in states that haven't voted yet. It's important to keep that in mind. However, he also spent a lot of this money to justify appearing on the debate stage last night. Yeah. And holy cow, man, that was one of the most, I, I, I think, I'm, I'm not going to, this was a bit hyperbolic, but one person said, I'll see if I can pull the tweet up to give him credit, but they said, um, has anyone ever lost that much money in Vegas in one night before in reference to Michael Bloomberg's uh, debate performance? Because yeah. it, it he saved it a bit, but for a while there, it looked like the end of the Bloomberg 2020 campaign. I, I mean, no. I, I agree with Andrew Yang when Andrew Yang said he really should have skipped the debate for multiple reasons. He should not have been there. It was a train wreck. I mean, he. Oh, why do you think it was I, a train wreck? Be Don't be messing with my boy Bloomberg. Every no, attack <laughs> that was Michael Bloomberg, I mean, doing the same thing. Every attack that was obviously going to be the things people attack Bloomberg on, he had no response to, and just or or it tried was to poor. avoid the question and then got well, no, over. Some, some of them were good, but it was it no, was the poor big enough. One, stop and frisk. Nothing. Um, yeah, his whole record. Nothing. Uh, the allegations. The the allegations. The lawsuits. Nothing. You can't just say nothing. You can't just go, well, the, my, my favorite was, oh, my God, when Elizabeth Warren was uh, pressing him on the non-disclosure agreements, he had female employees sign. Um, or he basically said, well, you know, they have to live with it because they signed it. And it's like, geez, man, that isn't how you want to answer that question. Well, it you don't want to like say, I don't even remember how many I have or I won't say. And you know what? They shouldn't have signed it then. Yeah. And it, 
it looks I, okay with all of that money and his ability to pay as andrew yang said 150 to 200 percent what anybody else pays he'll pay you twenty four thousand dollars a month to spam text yeah. your friends and family where, where oh, was sorry, yeah, where was the debate prep firm where was the debate prep firm and where was his coach that was saying okay these are the top 10 answers that i would hit you with if i were debate prepping against you so we're going to give you some really awesome focus group tested answers it'll cost you five hundred thousand dollars to prep you for this week but boom shakalaka you're going to be so ready for this you're going to knock it out of the park it looks like that's the one position he forgot to spend his money on because even a volunteer would have come at him and said okay we need we need three or four solid answers uh for stop and frisk we need three or four solid answers for a lot of these stupid you know um we're digging up tweets from the the early 2000s that could be misinterpreted. And then, oh, yeah, some of these female allegations that are really one-sided in the media because your side has had to sign an, um, sign an NDA. We're going to have to develop, you know, a, another solid four to six responses that you're going to straight up memorize. So if you're flustered, you can spit them out in an articulate fashion. You know, it, it seems like he just did not either think that was that important which shows naivete or he just thought that he could wing it and didn't wing it as well as he was supposed to have. Well, but okay. But this, I want to just run through a couple things that are the okay. facts from Michael Bloomberg. We can yeah. get our opinions later. So Michael Bloomberg has already spent more on campaign ads. This is campaign ads, by the way, this isn't talking about the town halls he has with full catered food and open yeah. bars. This isn't talking about paying people $2,400 a month to text their friends and family. On ads, Michael Bloomberg has spent $338.7 million, which is Dang. insane. Now, I want to show you something else, though. What did that get him? It did buy his way into the debate stage. It did. That is one thing that got him. Now, how did the debate go? Well, uh, this is a quote from Michael Bloomberg's campaign manager. Mike's got to get his legs under him in reference to his debate performance. I mean, check this out. This this is ridiculous. I mean, they're not ridiculous, but when this is how your yes men are spinning things to the media, certainly he had a better second half of the debate than the first. I will admit that. Like, Jesus, man. It, nobody can hide from the fact that it was awful. You know, he's got well, to get I his think, legs. You know, he got his legs quickly in the second half, and I think people recognize that. But no, but he's, he's the new Joe Biden. Career politicians. But no, but I'm saying is, dude, we were saying this about Joe Biden. so bad that. It was almost like I agree. Anything. He should have skipped it. He shouldn't even been there. It looks so bad. No, but but then he just would have looked really bad. You got to get it out of your way. You got to get it out of the, the way. ballot in Nevada, though. It oh. would have made a lot of sense to not be in the Nevada debate. Okay, but no. Here's the deal. He's the new Joe Biden. Do you remember the first debates that we were watching where everybody was attacking Joe Biden? Kamala Harris was calling him racist for going against busing. And oh, wait, my rich dad, I'm going to make him he sound like he was better poor. than Bloomberg's responses were, though. Uh, yes, no I'm response. not saying his look. Okay. I said he's the new Joe Biden. I didn't say he was as good as Joe Biden. Okay, but why does I'm he just be saying the new Joe Biden then? He was just oh bad. My gosh, can I finish my analogy and then we'll all know that right now he's the one that they fear because he is the big man in the room. Earlier along in this election, people feared Joe Biden. They and everybody was punching up to Joe, and they were all and he was the one that was 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 fielding incoming mortar fire. Okay, but now. That his performance has been so lackluster and his fundraising has been so poor and a lot of people basically think he's going to be out of it when, within a matter of weeks. They no longer fear him. So now they're all they're all lobbing it 
at Michael Bloomberg. He he's the new one that everybody fears. So he's he's the one that's now going to be getting a majority of these pre-programmed attacks and so on and so forth because people are punching up to him because he's the guy with all the money. He's uh, he's the new front runner because money's going to determine the next three weeks. He is not the he, listen. Michael Bloomberg is not. He's the, the front, front runner in money. Maybe he's the richest guy. He is. He's he spending the most. I mean, we you did we have been talking about if Super Tuesday will help him, but just the I idea, mean I think he'll be one of the front runners in Super Tuesday. It was, I think it'll be him yeah. and Bernie Sanders. Although I will, you know what though, if I had to pick my president based on who was in the debate stage last night, yeah, give me Amy Klobuchar over like half or over almost probably. Yeah. You know what? Give me Amy Klobuchar. I would. Lo- I could see Amy watching that debate. I could just see Amy Klobuchar being the kind of person who's gonna be like, "Well, you know, Mr. Putin, back in America, we have things called cows," and, that, and it just feeling like, "What? Are you, like she's just like the kind of person." That was actually a solid she's impression. So, she's so not gonna back down to anyone. She will just start. Talk- my favorite was, "Oh my God." They are pressing her on. Um, they're pressing her on not knowing who the Mexican president was, and uh, forgetting his name. And she starts saying something like, uh, well, you know, I know this. And they're like, yeah, but that's not the same. She's like, well, it's something like it. And I'm just like, that was that was the yeah. – I, I want to find that moment. That was my favorite moment of the debate when Amy Klobuchar just kind of brought up some other issue and people were like, but that's – she's like, it's something like it. It's close enough. I don't know. Like, as I'm saying, like, Amy Klobuchar brought her personality to the debate stage. I saw it. I saw – I got a glimpse, I think – I'm not even saying pro-Amy. Multiple people had the same thing. You can, you can kind of get a glimpse into a lot of these candidates. Warren – I didn't dislike it, but she came across a little bit more desperate in a way where I'm like, I don't know if that's always the war and we'd get in the White House. But I saw a glimpse. Dude, what I saw a glimpse of Michael Bloomberg was like 90% awful. There was one individual line, and it's not even so much what he said, but a little bit of his personality came through. A little bit of that kind of like New Yorkish. I don't even know if it's like just the, the Michael Bloomberg thing where he was like, wow, what a wonderful country. The most famous socialist, the millionaire. Like... I think if he brought more of that, he'd have a chance, but it's just he came across as nothing. He came across as like the stuff, to, a nothing, just like a guy on stage, you know? Yeah. He had no real responses, and oh my God, when he said he can't do his taxes because he's too rich, that was, uh, I can't get you my tax returns in time because I just, I got so much money, it's too yeah. hard. It's like, God, man, what a ridiculous thing to say. Oh, I don't know. It kind of did remind me of Donald Trump where he's like, you know what, the tax returns are going to show I'm really, really Rich. <laughs> no, but he didn't even say that. He just said, I am so rich. I can't. He, dude, he, this was when he said, I can't exactly go to, it's not even that, Michael Bloomberg was like, well, I can't exactly go to TurboTax. It's like, geez. Yeah. Man. And then you know, Amy Klobuchar jumps right in and says, well, I probably can't go to TurboTax. Like 99% of people in this country. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I can't imagine a world in which anything Michael Bloomberg has spent money on so far has been good. It seems like everyone's critical of him. Anyone on the debate stage and made more or less. Well, that's a just because they himself. fear him, like they fear Joe Biden. I don't think anyone fears Bloomberg himself. They might fear the money apparatus, but not the man. He's not a political operator. Michael Bloomberg is a billionaire. I'm, I'm he's sure. A bil- no, he developed. By he, yes, de- for he years. developed a finance. Like okay, he's kind of like. He's kind of like Bill Gates in a way, in the sense that look, Bill Gates in a perfect point of history. When technology was growing fast enough that there was a market demand for the personal computer, he invented freaking Windows and Microsoft. At the same point, his buddy invented Apple, okay? Because it, it was that perfect point in history. Like the, the golden age of Hollywood, it was kind of like that golden technological pioneer age Would of you Silicon Bill Valley. Gates no, no, but I'm saying Bill Gates' wealth has become astronomical because of the proliferation of 
of the personal computer. Just like Bloomberg's wealth, in comparison to other billionaires like Tom Steyer that got it in much more traditional investment ways, his wealth has become prolific because at the same time the personal computer was getting big, the necessity of being able to consolidate all financial information from the markets got big and he invented the Bloomberg machine. Okay? So you can as be as astronomically wealthy as he is without being some crazy psychotic sellout. Um, I think he's more rational and normal of a dude than like Elizabeth Warren. I think he's more honest than Warren is. Michael Bloomberg? Yeah, and that's a very low threshold. I'm not here to say the guy's a saint, okay? I would vote for Elizabeth Warren over Michael. I would vote for my shoe over Michael Bloomberg. Uh, <laughs> you know what? No, because my shoe wouldn't do anything. I'd vote for, I would vote for somebody whose only policy- We don't have that choice. I would vote for somebody whose little only policy was to put me in jail before I'd vote yeah. for Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> like I, Michael Bloomberg is- I guess if Michael Bloomberg gets too far in this election, I think it'll be mostly bad You don't think that can't be kind of based on jealousy over his wealth? No, I love rich people. I think it's cool with a billion dollars. What it's over is the fact that Michael Bloomberg's ideas are terrifying. He comes across as somebody, and the only reason why I say this is because I'm paraphrasing Michael Bloomberg quotes. He comes across as somebody who's like, I need more power and control over basically everybody because I'm smarter and I know better. I know how we should be doing this. See, remember, I don't. I don't, I don't remember, view him as that way. He banned soda. He banned soda for health as, reasons. Correct. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm not. So here to, he basically said these people don't have the right to decide if they should be drinking soda or not. I've made the decision. You yeah. know what he reminds me of? Who he reminds that me of a California Democrat. No, what was the country where the uh, the the uh, I don't know. I don't want to say it was China. I don't know if it was China, but there was a country I think in Asia where the dictator stopped smoking cigarettes, so he banned cigarettes in the country. That's Michael Bloomberg, man. He did, yeah. That's basically what he does. But, but you see, know what the funny thing is? He wouldn't even quit smoking cigarettes. He would just say ban him. I guarantee we still drink soda. Just ban it for everyone else. They can't have yeah, it. But I can't. I would never elect that okay, individual. Okay, that's fine. Ever. Like, I, I I get it. You you got your Bloomberg SJW <laughs> out of your system. What you you disagree? You think you think that that's always no? Be I think our country? I, I think he's running more as a personal project project because he saw the victory of Donald Trump that he probably didn't think was even purchasable. I bet you, I bet you four years ago he didn't think just an outsider could win like that. And then when Donald Trump did. And he's like, wait, but I got more money than him. Well, I could pull this off. I view it more as almost like uh, in, 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 uh, a personal, almost like a personal goal instead of like, a, oh, I love my country goal. I view it as almost a personal passion project that's a competition amongst billionaires. Passion project or vanity project? Vanity project. That's the word I was looking for, okay. actually. That's a much better word. Or ego project, uh, really. Yeah, yeah. I view this more as a personally ego-driven thing than I do a, a, a patriotism-driven thing. And at the same time, though, I could say the exact same thing about Elizabeth Warren. The only difference is it seems like she's willing to shill harder, lie harder, and 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 I, I, I could never see Michael Bloomberg saying that our country is built on the back, backbone of, of what was it? A, a black transgender astronauts or like... I don't know, some point oh oh one slice of so, the So, you know what? As long as you don't say things that morally offend me, it's totally cool if you ban, I don't know, sports cars because they drive too fast. Like, dude, like... No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that on that debate stage, I, I think Brittany brought up a good point in the sense that he was the only one that had the temperament of an adult. And while everybody's trying to do all this crazy political theater, I literally think he's actually found his lane and I think he could win it because... 
as long as everybody keeps acting psycho, there's so many Democrats out there that reject the progressive wing of their party, are looking for a centrist, and all of the supposed centrists aren't acting like it. Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar's brawl on that stage didn't look like a bunch of centrists uh, 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 speaking what politics. What were they arguing over? Whether or not she knew the name of the Mexican president. That was part of it. What else were they arguing over? Uh, well, the, the, her medical uh, well, they were, her approach They were to arguing it. against single-payer health care. Dude, yeah. the thing is, how could... I do not see any world in which... I'm not big Sam Klobuchar fan. I, she is winning me over. I can't see anyone, any world where Michael Bloomberg... Because you know who disagrees with you that Michael Bloomberg found his lane last night? His campaign manager. Like, dude, I Amy Klobuchar had a 50 million times better performance than Michael Bloomberg did. If I had to vote for a centrist moderate, whoever, whatever you want to call, it, I'd vote for her over him in a million times. Yeah, no, I, I could see. No, I could see. There that. was nothing I saw out of Bloomberg that said, no, "Wow, he'd be a great president." I, I think he's a lot closer than people think because he can hide behind great ads. He can purchase up awesome um, ad sense. Most most people won't even have watched a debate by the time they go to the uh, debate stage, and he's able to neuter his best performances. To be the like all over Twitter, for example. This was one of the most viewed debates in a while. Well, I know it was one of the most viewed debates in a while, okay? But all over Twitter right now is in a lot of these political t uh, Twitter feeds that I see is his comments saying, wow, what a great country we live in where the best well known socialist is a millionaire that has three houses. That's such a boomer line that they're going to lap dog up, that they're going to love. And if he repeats it enough, pretty soon a lot of these people are going to think, oh, Mike can get it done. And, and, and this is how the average just American person just thinks. They don't tune in until a week before the elections. They do a couple of Google searches. They try and do what they perceive as their due diligence in being, you know, a, a, a good citizen. They, they ask around a little bit. But at the end of the day, it comes down to whatever media they can consume the week before that election because they really haven't been paying attention because they've been busy with their kids and busy with their jobs. And if he hasn't done anything crazy, like yelling and screaming on a debate stage, and comes across as a, a, a temperamental person that, oh, used to be the governor of New York? Oh, self-funded his campaign out of benevolence? Oh, hasn't said anything crazy about getting rid of uh, uh, Obamacare? Oh, I definitely don't want to vote for Trump. So he's my Democrat. Like, I could see a bunch of people making that decision. And it's not something I'm excited about, okay? But I could see that as a much bigger reality than I think a lot of people that are in the know that are talking heads want to admit. I mean, like I said, man, I I don't see that world at all. I, <laughs> because you're smart and you're analyzing these things I, I, every day. I agree. The I, average person I, I is not with, that smart and I doesn't analyze it that much. I agree with Bloomberg's campaign. It wasn't a great performance. <laughs> Oh no! He I'm not to here to say better. his. I'm not here to say his. What like, dude? His okay, campaign look. There's a difference between. Gosh, man, there's so much nuance here. You, you, you can his get this. His paid Cody. yes men are like, nah, dude. Okay. I don't agree. I'm not here to say his performance was good. I'm here to say that it was good enough to make it to the next. And step. I'm saying it was damagingly bad. Okay, I don't think it was damagingly bad. Oh I my think. god! That, if that's what we get from Bloomberg, that's got no chance. People don't remember how you start; they remember how you end. And he ended well enough no, that I think it would be okay. He, Michael Bloomberg looked like somebody who was 
a rich jerk trying to buy his way into a debate stage who didn't belong there. He did clearly was not one of them. He shouldn't have been there. Had no idea what he was doing. It was made to look a fool of. Unfortunately, okay, that's so what here, happens to these here's, people. Here's, and here's that's the bad. Michael Bloomberg more than a lot of them. Dude, I, I have not seen during these debates one candidate booed multiple times. Let me know in the comments if I'm wrong. Booed multiple, like straight up boo. Where everyone or on the inverse, there was a few. Like he he's, he put out a campaign ad today on Twitter with like all the other candidates saying like oh who owned a business and crickets I I almost heard crickets after a few Michael Bloomberg responses where the room just went Oof. I don't know if CNN was messing with it and dropped their or MSNBC no, and dropped because the they audio got a bunch of progressive I don't think they were no people audience. people didn't care about what he had to say no one cared about anything Michael Bloomberg had to say at all okay so look and I'll, he basically had nothing to say for the most part it so, was it was I like I said for the fifth time. He sh I agree with Andrew Yang. Should have skipped this. Shouldn't even been in the stage. It was that okay. bad. So, so this is just how I'll end it right here. Is that I don't know exactly how to articulate what I feel. I haven't put the exact word on it yet. But I recognize the sensation. I recognize the feeling as a very similar feeling that I had to Donald Trump in 2015 and 2016. That... There's more to this and there's more to what's going on and there's more to the response to this man than the talking heads understand. And um, and it's not an endorsement for or against. It's just I think there's a better possibility of this man's success than than people think and he cannot be dismissed so easily. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think he will take it. Uh, I think all of these ad buys will be influential enough that it will end up being what in chess we call um, a war of attrition where you're just sacrificing pieces to get the other person's piece so that now there's just less pieces on the board. I think that him buying up all of the talent and gentrifying politics like we talked about two or three weeks ago is making it the, the threshold of the ability to compete so high that he's going to just thin the herd within three to four weeks until it is between the mega socialist who can raise hundreds of millions and him who can sneeze hundreds of millions. And, and, and it will become a war of attrition down to those two people. And I think in some states that don't want to vote socialist but are still Democrat, he will take it. Within within a month, we will see states in which Bloomberg is the front runner, and 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 Bernie Sanders is the second place, and then some states where Bernie Sanders is the first place and Bloomberg is the second place. It's hard to believe right now, and nobody believed it in 2016 when Donald Trump came down that escalator. But I believe that we will see Michael Bloomberg in first place in at least five states. I, I think this is what we're looking at for nationally. I think this is what we'll see. Bernie will have the largest minority, but nobody will have any clear majority. Sure, Bloomberg will be in that shuffle. He'll no, burn, no, he's going to price out Amy Klobuchar. He's going to price out billion, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, but he'll burn he's going to price out and, Joe Biden. But he'll also, dude, here's the thing. You could say he's pricing people out. If he doesn't perform well on Super Tuesday, I don't think Michael Bloomberg is going to burn $3 billion to be embarrassed for six months. I don't think he is. I think he'll find some way to to shift his finances or something. I do not think Michael Bloomberg will pull third, third, fourth, fourth, third, third, fourth, spending a billion dollars and say, well, this is worth it. I don't think it's going to be the case. Okay. And I think that's how he's going to perform. Because, dude, you can't just buy hearts and minds in this country. You really can't. And that's a here's the thing. There's a lot of people called low information voters, I guess, which I look at them more as just kind of like 
you could say high passion voters. They're voting for the <laughs> candidates they relate with and like, and that's it. They don't really care about their policies because you know what? I'm right there with them. Presidents, they they set some foreign policy and stuff. They're not sitting in their office saying, well, today I'll write this law and tomorrow I'll pass this bill. There's a lot of stuff going on in politics. The president really is that kind of... It's the reason why a lot of people, when polled, especially Democrats, say they want to defeat Trump more than they care about policy. And people are saying like, oh, this is bad news for Democrats. No. Almost every time somebody votes for a president, especially in a mid, you know, like a mid-cycle election like this, it's to get rid of the president. They want somebody new representing the country. Most people recognize it's your senators and congress people that are passing bills, not the president. The president does some things, not all things. And I do not think people say, Michael Bloomberg, that's who should be representing us. I cannot imagine the person who says Trump's bad, but Bloomberg's good. You know what the problem with Bloomberg is? People were saying Andrew Yang got smeared for having too much like right right wing, uh, you know, like 4chan types following him. They actually like Michael Bloomberg. They're people are digging up these old comments from Bloomberg. Where, oh, look how awful Bloomberg is. Look at the awful things he used to say. Those people love it. They're like, wow, Bloomberg's no, awesome. Yeah. I didn't know he was this cool. Like that's the kind of guy Michael Bloomberg no, no, is. I, 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 I Democratic nominee for president. I think and this is the last thing I'll say, and then we gotta close here, but I think you're underestimating the power of this money and the power of this media and how f- manipulable and fallible the human mind is. I, I, I've worked in marketing for so long and I have seen companies with horrible reputations dump hundreds of millions into campaigns so much so that within five years, nobody remembers that, oh yeah, you were the company that was you know, purposely installing hey, 15,000. What about four months when the election happens, dude? I, dude I, I'm not saying this isn't a little bit of a social experiment, but I've seen large sums of money thrown at something that is basically a marketing act, which this is, is a marketing act. The presidency now is a marketing campaign, okay? I have seen large and expensive marketing campaigns do wonders I did not see possible enough times in my life that I'm not willing to dismiss a um, a, a, a Bloomberg fireworks display just based off of the sheer money he has. That's it. I know you don't see it because you don't like him. I don't like him. He's well, an idiot that decided he wanted to, the 32 ounce I'm cups not in, he's in New be York. Zero percent. But I'm saying is like, yeah, he'll get votes. Maybe I could see him at the top maybe of the low pile, double digits. Man. No, I think I honestly think this is more or less what we're going to see for the remainder of the cycle. Yeah, Something he, like this. Maybe the order will mix various moderates hovering around low double okay. digits. Bernie Sanders hovering around high 20s. So time will and tell. And that'll basically give Bernie Sanders. It's the reason uh, we can do another video. But I think this is the, the problem Bernie Sanders will keep having as long as he's in the race. He will have the largest minority, but I do not know if he'll ever get a majority. I don't know if he will. I think there's just too many people who, who at the end of the day, will go, eh, I, okay. I don't know. I'd rather not change things that much. So he'll Bloomberg price out. Lost. He'll price price out Klobuchar, get five of her seven percent. He'll price uh, price out Buttigieg, get ten uh, five of his ten percent. Uh, he'll price out uh, Elizabeth Warren and you Joe Biden, get the majority of the, and then you'll be looking at a, a 60-40 split. You're literally just speculating. You're just making numbers up. It's like a, no, I know. You drop on a Scott Steiner the, yeah, program. Yeah, this is Smojo, the speculation. Smojo part. knows he can't beat me, so it's actually a zero percent. You were just speculating when you said that. I think this is exactly where we're going to be looking at six months from now. So I, I, you're right. This is speculation. But it wasn't moving numbers and, around. Okay. So, 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 so I speculated how numbers might shift. I mean, I don't think that's a crime. Anyway, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. If you think I'm crazy or if you think Cody is crazy, tell us who you think is crazy. 
Um, also, make sure if you can, join the channel. It's a really inexpensive way to make sure that we can keep these videos coming to you for free. And uh, if you can't do that, please make sure that you like, you share, you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. We do a lot. Uh, we, we live tweet during the debates or during different activities. Yesterday, I'm sure you guys saw that Cody was uh, live tweeting while I was on the live stream covering the debate. And uh, also make sure you follow us on Instagram at Problem Solver Politics. This is Problem Solver Politics. See you guys in the next video. Wu-Tang!